Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is the Robin Ludwig Show, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. All right, I have to confess something to the audience here. I can't hide from it. And, you know, you need to face your flaws as a person, as a man. You know, you have to, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to put yourself out there. I believe in that. You know, I go to therapy. Uh, I, I try... Like I said, to to be transparent with you guys, and and there's just something I need to share. Yeah, I'm deeply ashamed. I'm deeply ashamed by it. I'm deeply embarrassed. Uh, I really don't know what else to say. So I I guess I should just come out and say it. <sighs> hold on, hold on. Let me let me get myself together a little bit. I mean, sorry, it's, this is, it's, it's tough. It's tough to admit something like this publicly, you know, like a lot of things, you know, you can struggle with privately. Um, but when you have to, you have to make them public, it can be tough. So, man, yeah, Anthony, you gotta give me a second, man. Uh, hold on. All right. Never mind. You know, man up, Robin, you could do it. I went, I went one for six for my NFL picks last week, and that was after I was zero of seven the week before. So I'm a combined one for fourteen in NFL picks the last two weeks. I'm a professional sports broadcaster, for crying out loud, or as Garrett Cole would say, for Pete's sakes, <laughs> I'm a professional sports broadcaster, and I like. I, I can sort of make light of it because I know it's happened probably to the best gamblers, and I'm not the best gambler. I like do it for fun, right? But, uh, yeah, I've had a bad, pretty bad run of it. I was like, you know, I was 4-3 and three in the uh, opening weekend. I was 4-3. and three. But after that, it's just been a complete disaster. And I really should have even had a better record in that opening week. And, you know, like they're so good at making these lines – that I really am not that embarrassed about it. Um, I'm, you know, I've played that up for effect. I think that's, you know, I thought that was a good bit. I, I hope everybody enjoyed it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not unembarrassed by it. By the way, I'm not like that's not totally false. I'm not like pr- I'm not proud of it. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I'm not proud of it. Uh, you know, by accident, right? Like you just randomly point and do a lot better than that. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you can pick the teams by mascots. And do a lot better than that. And I'm supposed to have some knowledge base of what I'm talking about. So it does make me look like a fraud in the case of like, hey, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. Look, he's gone uh, 1 in 14 in the last two weeks. So uh, I only know one way out of a situation like this in my life. Anytime I've been knocked down, I pick myself back up and I keep going. So that's the way I can quit. I can take my ball and go home. 
but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pick myself up, dust myself off, and get back out there. And the only way, Anthony, I see out of this hole, because I could be, the, the real way, my real advice to you, this is my real advice, be more selective with your picks. You know, pick the, the game or two, the game or three, whatever it is, that you really feel good about. Not and you. go with those. Not you. Yeah. But, well, I'm never going to get back in the game that way. You know, like, for the purposes of this exercise, for these NFL picks, for real gambling, that would be my advice. Pick the, you know, if you feel really good about a couple things, you can maybe parlay them if you or, or bet them both individually and then parlay them. You know what I mean. But for the purposes of this, there is no way of me getting out of this hole without doing more. Oh, I, just- I, res- I really respect that because there are people that actually, well, at least one person I know of, that was so bad, that works at this radio station, that uh-huh. was so bad at making picks that they just stopped altogether. And I think that's weak. That just looks pathetic. It's bad. This it's is a, a host. Look. This is an on-air host you're talking about. Yes. They oh. just, they were so bad at making the picks, they stopped doing them. However, you, my friend, you are doubling down. You are just not going to pick seven games like you usually do. You're going all. I'm in. picking all. You're, you're going all of them this week. Every every, every single one. It's the Good only for way. You. I, Good it's for the you. only way I see to get back in the game. I, I mean, it's this is either going to go epically bad or mediocre. Uh, <laughs> those are the only two outcomes that could happen from this. Let's get to my what, what week is it? Week four. Week NFL, four. Week four NFL picks. I will go first. With the Titans, minus six over the Jets. Anthony's Jets, no disrespect to your team. They just are very bad. Uh, and, the, the, you know, I, I see no other f- – couple things I, I, I'm, I, I'm trying to hold myself to. Pick, the, pick with the good quarterbacks, the great quarterbacks. Just pick with them. Uh, pick against the really bad teams and pick with the really good teams. The rest, try and figure out as you go. The Jets are really bad. Uh, there's just no other way to put it. Uh, they were. I, I tried to watch some of their game last week. They are impossible to watch. Just impossible to watch. There's nothing about them that that stands out in a good way. Um. So you know, I have to go with the Titans minus six over the Jets for that reason and that reason alone. Next up, I'll go with the Chargers minus three and a half over the Raiders. This is an interesting one because you know the Raiders have actually played very well this season, but so have the Chargers. The Chargers have Justin Herbert, an emerging quarterback, who um, uh, you know got that win over the Chiefs. They're at home this week. So uh, because of that, I, I believe that's actually the Monday night game, so kind of going out of order a, a little bit here. Uh, I don't think that really matters for the purposes of this, though. I will go with the Chargers in that one on Monday night, hosting the Raiders, three and a half. Um, not that big a number. In fact, I think it was at three. I probably should have gotten it at three. I could have lied, and I the book I just looked on had it at three and a half. I'm looking on another website right now that has it at three. Can I get it at three, Anthony? Or does it got to be three and a half? Let's go three. Oh, I can get it at three. All right, so Chargers minus three over the Raiders. Sweet. I'll take the Chiefs minus seven over the Eagles. The Chiefs keep losing these. They like keep losing them every single time. They're losing them anytime they're they're favored by a touchdown. They lose. Every single time. So logic would tell me to go against Kansas City here. Uh, but my gut just tells me, like the Chiefs, considering they've struggled a little bit this year, they're due for that bounce back performance. They're, they're due for that vintage Kansas City performance. They're in Philly. That's a tough place to play. But the Eagles defense did not look great last week. I, I, I just got to go with Kansas City. Minus seven over the Eagles. But, but 
this should be wrong. I mean, the the Chiefs, even in their win over the Browns, they won by four. Their loss to the Ravens was by one, and then obviously they lost that game to the Chargers. They should have beat the Ravens in that game, but even if they beat the Ravens, it would have been a field goal. They would have won that game by two. Last year, under 500 when favored by that many points. I just can't help it. Chiefs minus seven over the Eagles. I'll take the Saints minus seven over the Giants. Same philosophy as with the Jets. The Giants are awful. Uh, they maybe have been in games a little bit more, had a, a, a chance here or there at times. But nevertheless, I, I just simply cannot side with the Giants the way they've played over the long sample size. And New Orleans had a nice bounce back a week ago, right? Like the Saints were a team that uh, you weren't sure what they were. I mean, and we're still not sure on some of these teams what they are after just a couple weeks of the season, of course. It'd be ridiculous to act like we know the, the real identity of all these teams. But when you go 38-3 to in Week 1 and then 26-7 to the next week, it, it gives you a, a weird impression as to what the team actually is, which led me picking the Patriots last week. The Saints came out and, and smacked the Pats 28-13. to So I will go with the Saints minus 7 over the Giants. I'll take the Cowboys minus 4 over the Panthers. This was a tough one to pick. Carolina's played really well. Uh, you know, they play with a purpose. You can see it when you watch them. I've been impressed by the Panthers. Sam Darnold has played well. But the Cowboys' offense is just explosive. And it, as well as Darnold has played, Dak Prescott is the best quarterback on the field in that game. Um, I, I like the way that, that Dallas, you know, has played this season. They beat the Eagles by 20, beat the Chargers, barely lost to the Bucks. And and that passing game that Dallas has, you could argue, is the most dangerous in the NFL at this moment. So I will take the Cowboys minus four over the Panthers. I'll take the Bills minus 17 over the Texans. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. I just can't pick the Texans. That's all I got for you uh, on that one. I'll take the Browns minus two over the Vikings. Impressive win by Minnesota a week ago. But the Browns, you know, our team that... Came into the season with a certain level of expectations. Really, if you look at their their season thus far, it hasn't been bad. Their one loss is in Kansas City in a tight one. Uh, they they won their their next two games after that. Didn't blow out Houston maybe the way you you think they would have, but they still won that game comfortably and easily disposed of the Bears. So I, I just am, am buying a little bit more into Cleveland's pedigree, Cleveland's talent. You know, Nick Chubb and and Kareem Hunt in the backfield. That is something else. Uh, so I'll take them minus two over the Vikings. I'll go with the Bears minus three over the Lions. I hate this game, to be honest with you. It makes me want to throw up having to pick this game. Uh, I This is a game like I would never bet this game uh, in, in real life. I would never even touch it. The Lions are, are just abysmal. Uh, the Bears stink as well. You know, the Bears are, I think, on the verge of maybe having to make a coaching switch before too long. But I, when it's the difference is, is basically where they're playing it um, in this situation and, and who they're playing and the, the Bears hosting the Lions. That's a, that tells you what um, Vegas thinks of the Bears because you usually get three for being at home, right? This is a dead-even game, the Bears and the Lions. I'll just slightly lean the Bears simply because they're playing at home. Dolphins minus two and a half over the Colts. Another game I don't feel good about. I don't feel like I have a handle on either of these teams. And what they'll ultimately be this season. I'm a little scared picking against uh, the, the Colts at 0-3. can see that as a bit of a bounce back game. But both of these teams have been outscored on the season. Um, 
Dolphins just at one and two. Uh, it's just two and a half is is you know less than a field goal, uh, and again at home. So I, I very slightly lean Dolphins in a game that I would never otherwise pick. So please, of all the ones I've said thus far, uh, the the two that I would not touch at all in real life are Bears minus three over Lions and, and Dolphins minus two and a half over the Colts. I'll take the Falcons plus one and a half over the Washington football team. You know, the NFC East is starting to look like a one-team race to me. I, I had thought it might be Dallas and Philly, um, but now I'm just thinking it might be Dallas. Uh, there's nothing about Washington that has been impressive this season. Their one win is by one point over the Giants in a game that the Giants probably should have won. Of course, the Falcons are, are nothing to write home about either. They just picked up their one win of the season. Also, happens to be over the Giants. But I'm taking, you know, a team getting points against Washington. I guess is the way I would put that. I'll take the Cardinals plus four and a half over the Rams. This is maybe a heart pick or just something I kind of want to see pick. I'd like to see the the Falcons. I mean, the Cardinals be for real. Um, you know, the Rams are off to a great start this season. Both of these teams are off to a great start this season. This is the showdown of the weekend. But I'm buying into the Kyler Murray hype. So I will just take the Cardinals. Plus four and a half is, is too big a number uh, for, for me not to, to go with kind of what my, my heart is saying on that one. The Seahawks plus two and a half over the 49ers. You know, the Seahawks have not looked good this season. I'm hesitant to pick with them. But I think there's a the, the Jimmy Garoppolo situation is going to come to a head for San Francisco pretty soon because I do believe San Francisco has a pretty good team. Uh, I, you know, I've watched more of San Francisco than I have uh, of many other teams this year, and they are limited by their, their quarterback situation. And I, I think the longer and more you see them play, the more that will be the case until they are eventually forced to make that change. they got their bye week coming up in a couple of weeks. I wouldn't be surprised to see them drop this game against Seattle and then drop the game next week at Arizona as well, and Trey Lance come out after the bye week because uh, Jimmy Garoppolo just doesn't have it. I mean, he's okay, but he just can't make all the throws. He's not explosive enough at, at that position. And, and I, I think, you know, as teams see them, as teams game plan that for them, uh, you'll start to see that be more and more of a problem. I'll take the Packers minus six and a half over the Steelers. Aaron Rodgers is back. Uh, he looks like Aaron Rodgers again. I just told you outside with great quarterbacks. The Steelers do not have one of those. Big Ben is officially washed. Give me Green Bay minus six and a half over Pittsburgh. I'll take the Broncos plus one over the Raiders. The Broncos, uh, you know, I had a caller ask about them earlier in the show. They've been very impressive defensively this year. Lamar Jackson, you can make an argument he's the most valuable player in the league based on the, the fact that the Ravens' entire identity is built around him. He is currently leading the NFL in both yards per pass and yards per rush. Um, but with a defense like Denver's, that's going to be tough when you're as one-dimensional as Baltimore is. So I will take the Broncos plus one over the Ravens. And finally, I'll take the Bucks. Minus six and a half is how I saw it. So I, I think the money went back the other way uh, over the Patriots. I'm a little hesitant about this because it is in Foxborough. And we had a caller earlier in the show bring up, you know, road dogs being something he likes to pick with. But I, I just can't pick against Tampa and Tom Brady being that he's easily the best quarterback on the field. They are the better team on the field. 
And whatever he says about it, it's not like he won't be coming into this game with some motivation, even if he's already proven himself. So I'll take the Bucks minus six and a half over the Pats. I picked too many games to just go back and recap all those. But those are my NFL picks for the week. What are you looking out for in week four of the NFL season? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. We'll get a little bit more in-depth into some of those games coming up next. It is the Robin Lundberg Show, and it's here with you on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Robin Lundberg Show. You know, I would typically say that week four would be the quarterway mark of the season, but they play 17 games now, so I'm a little thrown off by that. That would be mathematically inaccurate to say that it is the quarter mark of the season. But I do think it's probably about the um, week of the season where you could say we're going to start knowing who teams are, right? Have a pretty good idea about what the quality of each team is as you get into an NFL season. Um, and you, know, you don't know everything after a couple of weeks because otherwise you, know, you wouldn't see um, certain results flip or a team surprise you. Again, I'll I, I use the Saints as an example. The Saints looked great in week one, looked awful in week two. So who were they? Well, they had a good win in week three. They cement that with a blowout over the Giants in week four. I'll start to feel pretty good about who the Saints are. Not that it's not that beating the Giants is anything amazing, but a significant win over the Giants being a, a differentiator for who the Saints are versus, you know, the quality of their opponent and what they have done in a few weeks. You know, there's other teams that are are coming in undefeated that you're kind of interested in seeing what they are. The Broncos are one. You know, I am hesitant to to hitch my wagons to the Denver Broncos. Um, but when you see what they've done defensively the first few weeks of the season, they, they let up a, the most they've let up in a game, 13 points, you know, a couple of times, and zero the other. So that I, I don't, what's my math on thir- 26 divided by three? What's 26 divided by three? That is not many points. They're allowing eight and, eight and a half points a game, 8.6 points a game. Uh, so they go in, and they even though they're at home, they beat the Ravens. I mean, think you start have to take the Bronc. You have to start taking the Broncos seriously. The Panthers. There's another team coming in at three and zero, and you think to yourself, "All right, how real is this Panthers team? They've looked good so far, but you got to also take into account who the Panthers have beat. Uh, the Jets and the Texans being two of those games. The the Saints they did beat. That's a nice win. Um, some other circumstances involved in that one, but nevertheless, three and zero. Look like a team that plays with some purpose when you when you watch them play. You you see what they're they're a team that looks like it's well coached and organized. They beat Dallas. All of a sudden, the tune changes a little bit. I would lean with the Cowboys in that one. Like I said in the NFL pick segment, I think Dallas is about as explosive as there is a team in, in the NFL offensively. And despite you know the fact that Sam Darnold has looked kind of good thus far, he's not Dak Prescott. And, you know, any sort of tie like that would go to the, the quarterback. The, the Cardinals, there's another one. You know, they've got the Rams. I think, I think everybody kind of feels the Rams are for real right now. We all have a pretty good idea that the Rams are a real team. The Cardinals have beat the Titans, the Vikings, the Jaguars. They go into SoFi 
and beat the Rams, all of a sudden I think you start talking about the Cardinals like they're a Super Bowl contender. I mean, Kyler Murray is electric. Defensively, you know, the addition of Chandler Jones was obviously a big deal, and and that changes the tune. So this is the week that I think we're going to start to to find out about some of these teams, you know, understand, you know, where these teams are. There's a few that I think you have a pretty good idea, you know, of where they are, but not that many, to be honest with you. I mean, I think the Bills, after a rough start to the season against the Steelers, by going out and winning 35 to nothing and 43 to 21, I feel pretty confident the Bills are the team that we kind of thought they were going to be. That's one team I would put in a good group, right? They're good. Um, in the AFC, beyond the Bills, I don't know who I put in that grouping yet. You know, the Ravens are 2-1, and one, but they've been outscored on the season. The Chiefs are 1-2, and two, being outscored by three points, but they're still the Chiefs. I mean, I, I would probably put the Chiefs next to the Bills still at this point, but I, I can't say with the utmost confidence, I believe, you know, fully in Kansas City. I mean, we've seen them be more vulnerable than they, they've been in the Mahomes era thus far. So I would say Kansas City and, and, and Buffalo, but the only one I'm, I'm pretty comfortable about right now in the AFC is Buffalo in the good group. In the bad group, I'm comfortable putting the Jets in the bad group. I'm comfortable, you know, the Jaguars played better against the Bengals, but I think the Jaguars are going to reside near the basement. Uh, their, their, their needle might be pointed up a little bit, but they're still comfortably there in the bad group. I'm starting to think, you know, there's a chance that the Steelers could wind up there, though I have too much faith in, in Mike Tomlin for that to be the case. He's never had a losing season, but that the quarterback play is kind of scary there. Uh, in the NFC, when you talk about the good group and the bad group, I mean, who do I feel comfortable putting in the good group? Like I just said, the Rams, clearly. Good group. I'm getting there with the Cardinals. A win against the Rams, and, and I'm on the bandwagon. But, I, you know, they are, despite their opposition, they're plus 38 in scoring differential. San Francisco, I don't put in that good group because I, I don't believe in their quarterback. You know, I, 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 I foolishly picked with San Francisco last week against Green Bay, and, and I, I knew right at the start of that game, what an idiot. You know, Aaron Rodgers is on the other side against Jimmy Garoppolo. Come on. Don't be a fool. Tampa, I, you know, I would put in that good group, and I think New Orleans is likely going to get there. The Packers, I think, will likely get there, and the Cowboys are probably there. As far as the bad group, the Giants, the Lions, for sure. I think the Bears. And then, you know, beyond that, you're you're looking at um a bunch of teams that are kind of the same. A bunch of teams that are kind of the same. But there there are games on the NFL schedule aside from Tampa and New England, despite what you may have been told this week. I know it's not actually a one-game week. There are games on the schedule beyond just Tampa and New England. I kid because it's been a running theme on the show, but you know that, that game is being billed like it's the, the game to settle all things when it's not settling anything. It just got a little extra drama. How's the crowd going to greet Brady? I'm sure they're going to greet him well. How motivated are Belichick and, and Brady for this specific game? Stuff like that. Okay, but as far as the outcome, the stakes... There aren't really stakes there because Brady's already won that showdown when it, when it comes to the results. 
You're listening to The Robin Lundberg Show. It is The Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Getting a little deeper into the NFL this week, I'm joined by Matt Verderam, NFL reporter for Fansided. And Matt, first let me see if you agree with the, the general point I've been making throughout much of the show, which is I understand why the Brady-Belichick game is getting so much coverage because of storylines and drama, but I don't understand people treating it like there's any stakes involved because hasn't Tom Brady kind of already won that debate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's a, a fair way of putting it. Look, if you're Brady, it's just personal at this point, right? Like, I don't think there's anything – like, if Belichick wins this game, nobody in history is going to go back and go, wow, that was a huge win. Um, but I think for both guys, actually, it's just it, – it's personal. And when you think about it, I don't know that we've ever had a game like this in the NFL. You know, Montana played the Niners again. But it was in Arrowhead. It, you know, United never played the Colts again. Um, you know, Manning went back and played Indy, but they were on good terms. You know, they had a tearful press conference at the end, and everybody was okay. This, this is different. So yeah, look, Brady's definitely you know won the war, so to speak. But I, I think this one, it's just it's just personal that it said that. Yeah, I mean uh, that that's uh, personal. It makes sense, of course. That's where some of the drama comes in, right? And we all want to. But it used to be, you know, who's the uh, who was more responsible for the Patriots' success? Was it Brady or Belichick? Right. And I think we we kind of had the answer <laughs> to that one already. Now, yeah. when you, when you go beyond that game and you, and you start to look at you know what we know about the NFL after uh, four weeks, which it will be after four weeks. That's kind of what some of these other games are intriguing for me. Like the Kansas City Chiefs, for instance. Where, where do you land on what to make of, of the Chiefs' uh, relative slow start? I think they'll, they'll be fine. But I think their in, in, invincibility has always been a myth because everybody's invincibility in the NFL is always a myth. So, you know, you hear this stuff like, can they go 17 and out? No, they can't because they don't have a defense that's a top 15 defense. They don't have they don't have – uh, you know, an easy schedule. So I kind of look at the Chiefs this way. They, to me, have played as hard a schedule as anybody has played so far this year. They've played three top 10, maybe top 12 teams in the league. They've turned the ball over six times in the last five quarters. In the red zone defensively, they had 12 trips against them. They've given up 11 touchdowns. And they still almost won all three of their games. Like, so they are... I think if they just clean up the turnovers and they're just even not historically bad in the red zone, they'll win just about every game they play. I still think they win 13 games. I still think they'll be the number one seed in the AFC. And I still think they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl. But this is they have to win in Philadelphia. If they lose this game, it's a five-alarm fire. Yeah, I would I would probably agree with that. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's so funny because I was looking at the spread, and anytime you see them – and they're, they're only, you know, they only need to win by a touchdown. You think, oh, that's obvious. You know, Kansas City's going to do it. But they haven't done that at all. In fact, they're, they're well under 500 with that number. And I, and I wonder if, you know, things are just starting to catch up to them a little bit. But maybe this will be the week we see uh, in, in regards to that. What about the Denver Broncos? That's a game I've actually brought up more than I would have thought this week. But against the Ravens, you know, obviously the, the edge at quarterback goes to Baltimore. Uh, Lamar Jackson is just a special and unique player. But the way Denver's been playing defensively, um, they feel like a team that, that can can give uh, problems to a squad like Baltimore that, that only has one real identity. They can. It's an interesting game because you know, Denver, you always have a, a team or two in the NFL that gets off to a 3-0 start. 
and they win like six games. It just mm-hmm. it just happens. And I don't know if Denver's that team, but they're certainly a candidate. You know, they've beaten the Jets, the Giants, and the Jaguars, who are a combined 0-10. You couldn't find three worst teams in the league. So are the, are the Broncos good? You know, before the year, I thought they'd be about a 500 team, eight to nine wins. I still feel that way. Like, dude, their schedule's about to obviously get a lot harder. It has to. Um, but Baltimore's a weird team in the sense, obviously, a ton of injuries. They've not played well this year. They lost to the Raiders. They should have lost to the Lions. And really, if not for an Edwards Alaire fumble, they probably should have lost to the Chiefs. Not to their credit, they won. They found a way to do it. Um, but they've not been dominant by any stretch in any of these games. I do like Baltimore in the game. I, I just, you know, Denver's had a lot of injuries. And like you said, the quarterback mismatch. But Denver's defense is very good. And if, and if Baltimore is slow out of the gate, it's a hard place to play. You know, that can snowball on you quickly in Denver. Robert Lundberg talking to Matt Verderem, NFL reporter for Fansided here on CBS Sports Radio. I think the, the best game on paper to me is the Cardinals and the Rams. I mean, obviously, is this two Super Bowl contenders in the same division? Um, I can't go there with Arizona yet. Look, I, you know what? Arizona, again, you know, there's a Torino team, right? They, they both are. The Rams, I mean, everybody feels legitimate. The Cardinals are a good team, but are they, are they that good? Are they Los Angeles, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Kansas City type good? I, I don't think so. You know, if you look at it, like they, they, they earhole Tennessee week one, but then they come back. Another game, and look, should have, could have, would have, but they, they, they probably should have lost to Minnesota, right? They blow the lead, and, and Minnesota misses a 37-yard field goal as time expires. And then, and then Arizona goes to Jacksonville and really has a fight on their hands. I mean, he's it's, it's, it's trailing with a minute to go in the third quarter, and then they end up put, putting it away with the help of pick six. I think Arizona is a playoff contending team. I, I don't know that they're there yet. However, this is a big opportunity for them. It's a measuring stick game for them. You go to L.A., can you win this game? Can you hang in this game? Like, if they lose by three points, you know, something like that, that tells me, okay, maybe maybe we got to pay a little bit more attention to them as far as being a legitimate contender. Uh, but I, I want to see how they play against a team that can get a lot of pressure on the quarterback, that can cover downfield, and that offensively can put a lot of pressure on Arizona's corners, which I think is the weak point of their defense. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I, I, I don't think, you know, Arizona has proved it thus far, but if they win this game, you can't, I, I think, prevent uh, the designation of them as, as contenders, right? No, absolutely. If they win this game, I think all of a sudden you have to take them really seriously, right? Everybody's saying the Rams are the best team in football through three weeks. Well, if Arizona goes in there and beats them in a 4-0, you have to take them seriously. Look, I, I always try to hesitate when, when you have these small sample sizes, like we started – in the interview earlier, talking about Kansas City, right? Like, it's three games. It's three games. I, I, I still, I always look at it through the prism of if this game was in January, who would I believe in? Like Tampa Bay lost to the Rams last week and lost pretty convincingly. Really, the Rams beat them up. But if that, if it's January twentieth, you said who do you pick in that game? I'd probably still pick Tampa. I just would. Like I, I trust Brady. I trust that team. Like I just, I would believe that when push comes to shove, I'd take the Bucks. Um, if the Cardinals win this game, they would really move up quite a few spots because that's a huge win against a really good team, and, and you have to take it from there. 
Another one that's interesting to me is the um, Panthers and the Cowboys because Carolina is another one of those squads that started off 3-0. They, they look like they're well-coached. They play with a purpose. Sam Darnold's been pretty good thus far this season. And, and Dallas, look, as much as we talk about Dallas, it's not like they've really proved anything. But they look like as explosive as a team as there is in the NFL. And, and I still have to side with the, the, the team that has the better QB. And, and going in, that's Dak Prescott. Yeah. Dallas, first of all, it's America's team. So they're always going to get a ton of shine. Everybody's going to talk about them. They're doing anything good. It's going to be blown out of proportion. It's going to be blown out of proportion. This is an interesting game. I mean, Carolina's got 10 days of rest. Dallas is six. How much does that matter? I don't know. I mean, Carolina has a lot of injuries to deal with right now. I, I like Dallas in the game, even with that rest disparity, because McCaffrey's out, because J.C. Horn's out. And you said Dak is playing what I think might be the best ball of his entire career. Their offense is really explosive. To me, the question with Dallas is, are they, are they any good defensively? I know people have made a lot about, hey, they've been so much better. Well, they couldn't get much worse. So, yes, they are better. But, you know, Tampa let them up. The Chargers moved the ball at will the entire game, except they just turned the ball over and took a million penalties. But if you watch that Chargers game, yeah, they scored 17 points. They went up and down the field with ease. So, can Carolina move the ball enough in this game to eke out a win. I think it's a tough spot. I like Dallas. I wouldn't be shocked if Carolina won. Um, but it's, it's an interesting game. And if Carolina can win, kind of like Arizona, if they win that game, look, they're not a Super Bowl contender. But I think you'd have to go, okay, yeah, they're probably making the playoffs. I mean, 4-0, win like that, you'd feel pretty good. Uh, last one I want to talk to you about is the uh, Seahawks and the 49ers because obviously you're talking a division game here too. Seattle has not looked good thus far this season. But I'm kind of a little bit worried about the, the 49ers in the sense that I think they're a pretty good team, but I, I do think the QB thing is going to catch up to them. And and the more I think they play, the more teams see them, the more teams game plan for them, the more that's going to be apparent. How soon do you do you see the, the Trey Lance situation looming? I think he's always down the road, although Garoppolo has an injury history that's lengthy, so obviously you know that could, that could force the issue. Um, but – I agree. The Niners are very talented, but they're not as talented as they were a couple of years ago. They've lost guys like Buckner. They've lost guys like Sherman. Um, you know, they haven't replaced them to any, any real way. You know, Jason Fred, he's out for the year. Um, and offensively, they are a scheme. And that's what they are. They, they, they can plug in guys because they, they've got a million running backs can play in that Shanahan scheme, just like it used to be the case 20 years ago in Denver. Um, this is a huge game though for Seattle. Like, we talked about the Chiefs being one and two. Well, Seattle, like, they have to win this game. You get to one and three in that division with a division loss, a couple conference losses, that's a, that's a long road back. I mean, that, that's a road back I don't think they're going to make because there's just too many good teams. Yeah, you know, the plus side is, of course, your time, you have a bunch of divisional games. But Seattle's defense is as bad as anybody's. And I, I don't know that you know they, they're just going to be able to rattle off eight, nine wins in a row. Like, I think Kansas City can do it. I think she's the to just win 10 games in a row, really, regardless of who they're playing. I don't know if Seattle can do that. And so this game this game is huge. Seattle wins this game. All of a sudden, they vault ahead of the Niners. They gain a game on, on either the Rams or the Cardinals. They lose this game. They're, they're three games back of somebody, and they're two games back of the Niners or the loss to them. It, it would be very, very hard to come out of that. Matt, appreciate your time this morning, man. Uh, enjoy the, the weekend and enjoy the games. Hey, no problem, Robin. Take care.
Matt Verderam, NFL reporter for Fansided. We've talked a lot about the NFL, but time for me to get to all the topics I have not discussed yet in another one. All right, Anthony, what's up first? All right, let's see how many we could get in here. First off, Golden State Warriors GM Bob Myers said this week maybe January is a potential return date for Clay Thompson at NBA Media Days. Is this a problem for Golden State? Uh, is it a problem? <laughs> uh, no, I think as long as they get him back, it's a good thing. I, I mean, look, I think Clay Thompson being 100% is what matters the most for them. Golden State was in that play-in game a year ago. Now, if they don't have Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins is missing home games, maybe you're, you're you're talking something else. But I think you know the NBA season is so long that as long as they're in the thick of it and in position, and Clay Thompson can get back 100% healthy and with time to work himself back into playing shape and 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 feel comf- comfortable and confident out there, that's the most important thing. Is that they get Clay back all the way. I don't know if him missing a couple months of the season is going to have too big an impact. What's next? The Kansas City Chiefs, they signed the recently reinstated Josh Gordon to a contract this week. Will Gordon make an impact in his return? I have to say, I you know, I root for the best for Josh Gordon, uh, as I would with anybody struggling with, with addiction or, or any other issue that plagues them. But I, I just have to, you know, it's he's been too – his availability has fluctuated too much um, to the point where I, I, I don't think it's a, a story when he's on a team. It's a story when he proves that he's going to be on a team and going to produce. So I'm, I'll say no until proven otherwise, though I am rooting for him. What's next? You were talking about Dak Prescott with uh, Matt Verderam just a few moments ago, and this week Matt Rule compared Dak Prescott to some NFL greats ahead of the Panthers' Week 4 matchup versus the Cowboys. I think when you just put the, pull the whole thing back, it all goes back to it's like watching Peyton Manning. It's like watching Drew Brees, you know, call the game at the line of scrimmage. Um, I, think, I think what Dak's doing right now is uh, unbelievably impressive. So how do you feel about those comparisons to some NFL greats? Yeah, I, look, I think Dak Prescott is, is – I've been a Dak Prescott fan for a while where I said he was in the, the top third of QBs, you know, and, and I, I used to get into heated arguments about it, and it looks like he's taken yet another step. So, I mean, Dak Prescott's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, where, you know, I think we'll see as the season goes along. Um, but he, he has a chance to, you know, have top five status, and he's off to a good start to his career. So I, I don't think those comparisons are unfair. What's next? Jaguars 0-4 after Thursday's loss to the Bengals. Urban Meyer heartbroken. That was devastating. Heartbreaking. You know, all these guys, usually I'm not wrong about stuff like that. That I, I just see a good team in there. I see good guys. And I see uh, good hearts. I see guys at work. And I told them I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong about that stuff. And this team's going to win some games. That's a heartbroken locker room, so we got to get them back. they get a few days off and then obviously get ready for the Titans. Um, they're good people in that locker room, though. How much more losing can this man take, Robin? Is Meyer one and done? Uh, I don't think so, just because, look, if there's a controversy or something, yes, but the Jaguars did have the number one pick. They were, they were the worst team in the NFL. So it's not like he came over and, and took over and nosedived a team. We're just paying a little extra attention to the new coach there. They played much better on Thursday. I think if you see continued progress like that, he'll be in better shape. Uh, if something else happens with him, you know, that has 
more to do with just the record, then he could be in trouble. But I don't think just the record is going to do it in year one. Uh, what's next? All right. Finally, a Marvel producer came out uh, this week and said there are approximately 31 Marvel Cinematic Universe projects currently in develop in development. Do you worry about Marvel fatigue? Uh, you know what? Um, do I worry about it? I mean, there's some of the stuff I don't feel myself needing to watch everything as quickly as I once did. So if that counts as Marvel fatigue, I guess I worry about it in that regard. But I'm still excited for the big tentpole projects. I still uh, think the quality is very high. And I'm still, you know, as a kid who grew up on this stuff, I can't believe it happens the, the way it is and, and it's happening the way it is. And, and they earned it. So I'm, I'm not going to get mad at them expanding because it's expanding because of how innovative they were and how daring they were. Appreciate the time as I do every Saturday. It's been the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 